One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have the great pleasure of having Mary Beth Lawton with me, who is the EVP of Omni Retail at Sephora. Mary Beth, hi and welcome to the show. Hi, great to be here. Oh, I'm so happy you could join me, especially since you and I've had some fun times before with different events, different conferences. And over the last few years, I've seen you just do so much at Sephora. And now, as recently as eight months ago, just took on this cool new role. Everyone's yeah. trying to figure out what that role is because it's so different. <laughs> so Yeah, it, it is. It's it's pretty new. I'm figuring it out myself. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I've taken on this new role around omnichannel retail. And what that means kind of tactically is, you know, I'm overseeing our e-commerce business, our digital business, but also now our stores, our brick and mortar stores. And we have about 400 in the U.S. And you know, really trying to think about how to drive seamless journeys for our clients across the physical and the digital world. So we know that our client these days is really bouncing back and forth between our channels. She's online one minute, she's in our stores the next minute, she's maybe at home um, browsing, you know, something Sephora. And so we want to make it really easy, really personal for her to just go back and forth between our channels and to experience the best of Sephora wherever she is. So that's a big part of my role. It is new territory. I started my career at Sephora leading the e-commerce business. So I was the GM of, of that business. And then that evolved into a broader digital role, thinking about digital both online uh, on our websites, but also in our stores. And then it's evolved to this role, which is now thinking about digital and stores and really the client experience across both channels. So I feel like my role has kind of evolved as our client has evolved too. our consumer, our client, um, you know, she is increasingly expecting to be able to go back and forth. And so we've had to evolve our organization as such. Okay. So that's uh, very interesting. I want to come back and dive into that a little bit more, but before we do that, tell me, did you ever think you were going to be in this kind of a role? I mean, this wasn't even defined, <laughs> I think, before, yeah. it, maybe it exists, but it wasn't called this, but how did you yeah. aspire to be here? You know, I really, I didn't, I think for the reason you said, I mean, it, it's really a, a new role. I think of it as trailblazing in a lot of ways, and that's what excites me about it. I think we have the opportunity, I have the opportunity in this role to really truly think with a consumer at the center. I think it's easy when you're in a 
channel divided organization to push forward priorities of one channel or the other. And, you know, my mission right now in this role and my team's mission is really just to think with the consumer at the center and take the channel almost out of the equation, which is a totally different way to approach things. So I definitely didn't really think of this role as I thought about my career trajectory necessarily. Um, Although I, I have known pretty much from the beginning of my career that I really care about thinking about our consumer and doing whatever is best for him or her. So in that sense, this role really resonates with me and feels like a natural progression, both for me, but also for our company. And there are a lot of parts to that, right? And customer experience, uh, aka CX, uh, there's really understanding all of the technology to understand the, the digital roadmap and the physical roadmap and intertwining those touch points and being able to communicate in the right way at the right time with the right message. I remember going back, what must be probably eight or nine years ago, I wrote a, a solution guide with 12 retailer CMOs called the the CMO solution guide to omni-channel personalization. And in Mm. it, we were trying to define what the heck it was, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) And a lot's changed since then. And I remember somebody calling me out on that like a couple of years later. They said, Nadine, it's not about delivering a seamless, perfect experience at every touch point. It's about relevancy. And that is so much harder to tackle. How do you think about that? And like, how do you think about your team and the kind of talent you need to really be on the ball with all the different channels and the different messages and how you communicate with your customer. Yeah, I mean, I think you bring up a couple of things. First of all, just in terms of the definition of omnichannel, you know, I spent time as I first came into this role making sure I was even clear on that, right? And I think a lot of retailers or companies do define it as things like buy online, pick up in store, right? Making it just very seamless for consumers. And the way we're thinking about it here and the way I then orient my team is much, much broader than that. So it really is about just delighting our consumer wherever she is, making it easy, but also making it really personal and relevant to your point for her. Um, So we do spend time being crystal clear on what is our consumer need. And then the technology, the store operations, all of the pieces that need to happen to enable that can come to life. But we're first starting with, you know, what do we really have to deliver for our consumer? What does she expect these days, right? I mean, she is evolving so quickly. Even the strategies we had a few years ago about how to meet her needs where she is um, have totally evolved. So I think um, there's a lot that my team is trailblazing and thinking about, but I really always bring them back and focus on the consumer and what, what she needs. And how do you work with your marketing counterparts? Because there is a a different marketing department, correct? There is, yeah. So I have a counterpart um, who leads our brand marketing organization. And she and I, probably a couple years back, had a real open dialogue around where's marketing going and what's the right split between our roles? And I think it's an ongoing conversation. But at a high level, you know, the way we think about it is what's really important in today's marketing world, I feel like, is that you have the stories, right? You have the right content. And so... Um, And then you know how to deliver that content. And so we've kind of structured ourselves so that her team is really thinking about that content, those campaigns. What are those key stories that we need to tell? Whether they're company stories, brand stories, or one-to-one stories we want to get across to consumers. So her team is really thinking about the what. And then I have a digital marketing team under me um, who's really thinking about the who and the how, right? So what channels do we want to put that content through? Is it an email story? Is it a social story? 
media? How are we bringing it to life? And so that's how we've split things. And it seems to work pretty well um, because everyone's then really leveraging their strengths and bringing that, those stories to life in the best way we can. So that's very cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Is it an email story? Is it a social story? Because that's exactly yeah. where the relevancy comes in, right? Because in different channels and in different modes, shopping modes, that's right. consumers expecting something different. They have a different need, if you will. That's exactly right. And so we have channel experts, you know, marketers in each of those channels that know them super well. They know what the consumer is doing, what how her behavior is evolving. So we can make sure that we again get those messages across in, in the most effective way. I mean, I think a great example of that, of a channel that we didn't even have focus on five years ago is store mobile messaging. So the ability to send mobile messages to clients through app, and now soon it'll be mobile web as well, is a whole new channel. And knowing the behavior of consumers, you know, on their phones, on the go, near a store and actually wanting to receive a relevant message from Sephora about something that they left in their their online basket and maybe that's available in their local store. It's just an example of a channel that we now can deliver great messages through but didn't even exist a few years ago. But we've put experts against it and we're now thinking about what is the right message to reach her in that moment. That sounds brilliant. And it must take a lot of energy, obviously, not just with Mm -hmm. talent and the kind of people that you bring on to your team that have the right skill sets to ferret all that out, but also the technology and how you pull it all together. I mean, that must have been a long journey and still a journey in process, right? It definitely is. Um, And I think we've put a couple things in place to help with that. I think, you know, one is we have a really strong product management organization that sits between the business and our engineering team and really helps figure out what are we trying to do? What are we trying to deliver to our consumer and translates kind of those requirements into engineering. So I think we operate more like a tech company in that way, even though we're a retailer and that may be not as intuitive. And I think the other thing is, even as I've structured my new team, I'm making sure that I have people focused on the actual experience and the technology that's needed to support that experience. So really people that are thinking across channels and are really understanding what's happening in the landscape. I mean, it's so great. We're sitting here in Silicon Valley. They can be connecting constantly with different tech companies and other providers out there that are, are really bringing great new technology and then figuring out how to match that with these consumer experiences that we're trying to develop. So that is, that's very cool, especially if you're right there in close to Silicon Valley, you know, you've We're got close access, enough, yeah. <laughs> you're close enough, yeah. you've got access to, to some really cool and innovative thinking. And yeah. so I know you've been spending a lot of time thinking about how to reimagine retail. Are you yeah. able to unveil a few of your thoughts or is that kind of a, we have to wait and see what you do next kind of game? Yeah, of course, I'm still figuring it out. But I, you know, what I'd say is a high level um, is, you know, I really think that the next chapter for retailers and, and a lot of brands too has to be about creating great experiences and leveraging innovation to do that. But it's really about the experiences first and foremost. I mean, you think about the world we're in right now, there's online retailers, there's other players that do things, the transaction side of things really well. But I think the retailers that are going to really stick out and win are those that can win on the experience side and give people a reason to interact with the retailer, whether it's in a store or online. And so, you know, how do you make those experiences then both fit the needs of the consumer first and foremost, but then feel really personalized and really seamless um, across any touch point that the consumer has with your brand. So, you know, I can give you a few examples of, of things we're doing to help support that vision. One is 
what we have is our um, augmented reality experience, which is called Sephora Virtual Artist. And it's a pretty fun interactive thing. You know, people, clients can try on virtually dozens of product categories like lipstick or eyeliner um, and blush, tons of different looks, and they can do it on their own face, right? So it's really fun. It's super personal because it's, there's nothing more personal than seeing something on your face. But I think it's a good example of, you know, that started as a technology that we launched as part of our, our app, our mobile app. But now we actually have put it into our stores as well. So people can experience that in person. We've put it in our product pages. So as you're thinking about buying a product or not, you can actually try it on your own face. Um, so we're really thinking much more broadly about it. We're making it really personal and we're bringing it to life across channels. Another great example, I think a fun one, is our uh, Beauty Insider community. So Beauty Insiders are, are people who join our loyalty program. And we've actually created this new digital platform where they can connect with each other. So they can ask each other questions, they can get recommendations, they can do real-time kind of talking in a social setting. And what's been fun to see, we have, we've had over a million people join it pretty quickly. And they love the fact that they can just connect with people like them. And we've now started bringing it into our stores. Again, this cross-channel idea. So how can you have meetups of different community members in your stores? So I think, you know, these are just a few examples of how experience in retail is going to be so critical, bringing it to life across channels, making it fun and personal and seamless. So that's really where we're spending a lot of our time and effort. I remember where you were just launching the mobile app. So to see it go, uh, in a, yeah, yeah, in just a few short years yeah. to VR everywhere, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's a leap. That's not a step. That is actually a leap. I mean, how hard was that yeah. journey? Or did you just say, okay, let's bunker down. We're going to do this. Yeah. You know, there was a moment and I remember I joined in 2012 and mobile was, you know, bigger as a percent of the total business, but still relatively small. And most people were putting focus on desktop. And I remember we had a real open conversation where we decided to make a big bet in mobile. And we said, this isn't just about a side project. This is about our business needs to focus on mobile. That's where the consumer is going back to the consumer always first. We saw that behavior changing rapidly and we knew that we had to go big and we couldn't just kind of wait on investing in that area. And so we made some real trade-offs. You know, we didn't invest as much into things like desktop or other things. We said, this is mobile's it. That's the future. It's what our consumer wants. Both mobile web um, is a way to get her into our ecosystem. And then our app is really a loyalty play. So our most valuable clients really love our app. They come back six times a month. They engage with our content. We've built all these experiences into our app. Of course, you can still shop. That's really important. But again, the experiences are so important. And I think just being willing to make that big bet and investment versus kind of incrementally expanding it over time has been a huge advantage for us. So when you think about all the things that you've now accomplished and catapulted, I mean, literally huge steps forward at Sephora, where yeah. did that come from? Where, where was, What's your background like? Yeah, you know, I guess if I reflect on how I've gotten to where I am and just my even my career path and own personal journey, you know, a lot of it really has been about making some leaps of faith, I would say, and kind of creating opportunities for myself and stretching myself and maybe not always knowing all the answers, you know, current, like my current role, I don't know exactly how to do it. It's trailblazing, but I love that. And I think being willing to kind of put myself in positions where 
all the answers aren't necessarily obvious has been a, a big benefit for me. You know, I started my career in consulting, which is a great way to just get going, but I pretty quickly knew I wanted to be in an operator type role. Really, I love retail. I knew retail was the zone I wanted to play in. Um, but beyond that, I didn't really know uh, where it would go. And if I think about the path I kind of took, I always found ways to take my current role and create new opportunity coming out of it. So after consulting, I joined Nike um, and I was there almost 10 years. And I started at Nike in a strategy role. And what I noticed was that we were talking about e-commerce and I was working with our subsidiary brands too, like Converse and Cole Haan and so forth at the time. And everyone was talking about e-commerce. It was like the thing, of course, early 2000s, everyone's trying to figure it out. And I parlayed that then into a new role. I just helped create it and I pitched it, you know, internally and said, hey, I think we need a role that's actually focused on e-commerce for all of our subsidiary brands and linking it into the Nike brand. And so it was an opportunity for me to really dig in and get to know the nuts and bolts of the e-commerce world. And I think creating that opportunity for myself really laid the foundation for my career from there. And then I kept taking on bigger roles, again, finding new opportunities I saw and being vocal about them and creating uh, new roles and, and opportunities for myself. Um, and, you know, not being afraid to to stretch myself and be a bit uncomfortable. I'd say every role I've taken, I've been a bit uncomfortable, but I really <laughs> enjoy, I enjoy it in some moments. I don't enjoy it in others, but overall, I think it's been a really good way for me to approach my career. Um, you know, and that included at one point at Nike, I had the opportunity to uh, go overseas to Europe. And I also found out at the same moment that I was pregnant with my first child. And it also was going to be the opportunity to take on, you know, my first new big management role, large team, large P&L and new country, pregnant with my first child. And I remember that moment of, is this really the right thing to do? Am I stretching too far this time? But I went for it. And I look back on that and I'm like, you know, that was a pivotal moment for me because not only did I get a ton out of the experience, both personally and professionally, but I kind of learned that I really can take on a lot and stretch myself and come out the other end, a stronger leader, a stronger person. And so, you know, I always give people the advice of if you're interested in something and you're energized by it, don't be afraid to kind of take the leap. It's funny because I can't help but think of Nike and the just do yeah. it slogan, right? Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> I yeah. just had Musa Tariq on the show and he has a background at Nike and he's just doing what he wants to do right now. He's becoming a student in life and learning and mm. thinking about the future on his own time. I think it's yeah. great. Yeah. But I, I'm gonna, I'm, I had some interesting thing come up today, which is a yep. colleague of yours who knew you were coming up sent me a question for you. Um, okay. from, and he's from Nike and it's a really, it's a good question. I don't know. I'm going to see, I think you might enjoy it because hey, I'm kind of scared. I, I, I wouldn't, I, you know, I, I looked at it just now and it's like, it looks pretty good. And it's actually okay. a per, it might be a perfect question for you because you're so future thinking, you know how to just do it. So I'm going to throw it at you and let's see how this goes. So he said, can you give me an example of a perfect omni-channel experience for the consumer? It doesn't have hmm. to be a real one. It can yeah. be this, just your image. What's your vision of what that looks like? See, that's not so bad, right? Yeah, that's not so bad. I have one okay. that immediately comes to mind, and it is actually an existing one, although we're still working on it. But it is, in my mind, the nirvana of kind of what we're aiming for to do in other ways, too. And that is this idea that you start with 
a consumer insight, right? You start with the consumer pain point. Again, it has to start from the consumer at the center. And in this case, the pain point that we saw very clearly, but had never solved for in our stores was this idea that we have people coming in every day all the time to get makeovers, right? It's a big part of the experience we offer in our stores is not actually, you know, just buying the product, but actually getting it put on your own face. And so we saw that there has been this pain point of someone comes in, they get this makeover, the artist in the store, um, you know, maybe if she has a second, scribbles down a couple of the products that were used on the person's face, but most likely doesn't even have time to do that. And then, you know, the consumer walks out the door and isn't really sure what happened, um, how they could recreate that look, what products were used on them. And also, you know, Sephora doesn't capture the data around what that person liked or didn't like. And so, With that insight in mind, we created what we call our our digital makeover guide, and that's an internal term. Um, We don't say it to the consumer. The consumer, it's super simple. We just have a way to kind of capture all the products used on them in the service. And what's powerful about it is it's super simple. It's really focused on this addressing this pain point. And what we do is we have now the ability through our mobile app that our uh, store associates have in the stores ability to scan all the products that are used on the person's face. They can take a before and after picture and they can upload all of that onto a digital guide that we then provide to the consumer as she walks out the door. And the reason it's omni-channel and a perfect example is that now puts it in the consumer's hands to decide when and where she wants to buy more of that product, right? So she may have only bought one or two of those things that were used on her in the makeover in the store that day wants to think about other ones and wants to try them out more at home. And so she can decide then, you know, maybe it's on her mobile phone on her way to work or it can be sitting on her couch at home, wherever she is and however she wants to experience it. She can pull all that rich information back up. She can easily buy whenever she wants and wherever she wants. And it's highly personal, right? Because it's all about her experience. The store associate can leave a little message for her at the end of this digital guide that she gets. It feels highly personal. It's, uh, again, yeah, just really easy and simple. But, you know, it, again, gets to really um, addressing something that our consumers care about. Okay, so I need to go and get a makeover and get my digital makeover. I do. It's unbelievable. It's super cool. And the response, you know, it's always a good sign when you see the response of both the store associates, but then more importantly, the consumers are, they're loving having this. They're coming back into our stores with a printout of their list and saying, hey, I got this last time. I want to get more of these products this next visit. So that, that to me is success. We've made her happy. Yeah. And it's amazing how everything happens for a reason. So literally yesterday I was at a variety event and I got like in two seconds flat thrown into a photo shoot with Mila Kunis. And this is like, oh my gosh. it's so surreal, right? So I'm sitting there with yeah. a variety backdrop. It's just me and Mila and there she is. And I'm like, smile. And then like her handler's like, okay, <laughs> get out. And then it was just like, it was like one snap. I was like a deer in a headlights look. And I'm looking at this picture and I, it's unbelievable. I just posted it because it's so freaking funny. It's exactly why yeah. my husband loves me because I'm so not perfect. Like I'm <laughs> over, like clearly yep. the makeover, you know, and here's Mila perfect. <laughs> gorgeous. I'm like, can I, like, in the future, can I just send you pictures? Like here, can you make me look like her? I mean, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you can bring that into our store. We'll take care of you. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, I'm on a mission now. I need a lot of yeah. help. <laughs> All right. So I want to come back to just a, a couple things because we are, we're coming short on time and okay. I want to hear more about you because you mentioned this awesome story about being a mom, about ready to be a mom, taking on yeah. 
responsibilities and you took on a lot and it's amazing. I've had a, a few guests on the show who have shared the same kind of situations. Like, what do I do? And it's so hard for everyone. What was your decision process? Like, what were you considering? And you said, if you really are passionate, go for it. But like, did you have a moment where you're like, Hmm, what now? Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, I have these moments all the time, as I'm sure any working parent does of, you know, am I prioritizing the right things? Am I making the right decisions for not just myself professionally, but for my life overall? Um, I have those moments all the time. But I think, you know, what I center around is, do I have the right relationships with my family first and foremost? And that doesn't always mean having to be there every second um, with my kids, but do I have great relationships with them? And, And if so, then everything else is kind of secondary. But, you know, am I fulfilled professionally? Do I feel personally fulfilled? And so, you know, one of the things that I, someone had given me the advice on early on in my career that I've always used as a guidepost is this idea of kind of just enough. And where are those things in your life that you can do just enough, but you don't need to get the A plus in, right? Because I tend to be a person I always have where I, I swing for the fences and kind of everything. And I hit a point, especially with the family and with big jobs that you just can't maximize every single thing. And so I always come back to this idea of, of what's just enough for me in some areas. Like a good one for me is exercise. I'm, I'm really into keeping in shape and fitness and I just love it. It's my release. But I realized, you know, at a certain point, I couldn't do the same that I was doing in, in my 20s or my 30s. And so, you know, what's just enough for me on that side that still keeps me um, feeling okay about it, but not maybe you know, the maximum that I used to do. And so that, that's been a really big help for me just to have that mindset. You know, this happens more and more frequently and somebody will say something during the show and I'll, it'll hit me like a ton of bricks. I'll say, Ooh, that's Mm -hmm. the title of your podcast. Um, (laughs) But like, how do I put just do it and just enough into the same sentence? Cause like you really, that's, that's like a power struggle in your head, right? Like how do you, you what goes into which buckets? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's not a static thing, right? For me, it changes all the time. I mean, even just as my kids get to different ages, I have to reevaluate that in terms of what they need from me. And then what does my job need from me? Because again, as I take on different roles, it, it definitely has different requirements. What does my family need, my husband? And so I think it's just constantly kind of reevaluating that for yourself, given whatever phase you're in and working it through best you can, knowing it won't be perfect. I love that. I love that you just said that because that is absolutely what the whole theme of yesterday was, is embrace your imperfections because that's what you makes have you to. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and support each other's differences. You know, Tyra Banks is up there going, I got booty and that's what made me successful, yep. right? And it, I thought it was a bad thing. And, you know, anyways, I digress. It was just such a fun day. But <laughs> <laughs> you in the world of beauty and fashion, get to have so much fun and work with so many great people. What's been like one of your coolest moments or something that you hmm. look back and say, wow, that was either a wow moment or that was a tipping point for me or a pivotal moment. Yeah. I mean, I would say there's, there's been cool moments, of course, sometimes there's different celebrities to meet, but I would say, you know, the most meaningful moment has probably been last year at our store director conference. We do this big, huge thing in, in August of every year and, all of our store leadership, plus a lot of people from our headquarters. And normally I'm up on stage representing digital and I'm the digital person kind of bringing all the fun innovation and letting them know what's happening. Um, but last year I I actually spent 
the first half of my presentation really talking about leadership and how I've approached it. And my main message was I'm not necessarily what you think of as a typical outspoken, um, aggressive leader. I'm more behind the scenes, more thoughtful, but good listener. And my message was, hey, different types of leaders can be successful. And in fact, as companies evolve, you need different types of leaders. You can't just have the same. And it was a really empowering message, not only for me, who, you know, I've I kind of realized I'd hit that point where I fully embraced myself as a certain type of leadership style, um, but more so the connection it made with the audience of, I got so many people afterwards that said, thank you for that, because I really now feel like I can bring my strengths to the table and not worry about being a certain type of leader, more the typical that you, you think of, but really being unique and being who I am and making sure I'm confident in that and bringing that to the table. So that was probably the moment I look back on at least my time at Sephora and and I think of that. Wow, that's that's fantastic. And I wish I could spend another 30 minutes with you just having you recite <laughs> the entire thing to us, but I'm guessing yeah. that's all behind closed doors, nothing you could share because I know a lot of people <laughs> would love to to hear what you had to say. Maybe we'll have to have you come back and give us a different version of it. Yeah, sure. Well, it's still evolving, so I'm happy to. (laughs) And with that, like, how do you think about, you probably have so many different teams now. How do you think about your teams and the kind of leaders and the mix that you have? Yeah, I mean, I think we're really, we're focused on, on values, common values, which really helps, I think, ensure we have different skill sets and backgrounds. So to me, my team, you know, it's really important that, even though we have very different functions, very different types of people spread across my team, everyone has consumer orientation, or I hope that they will, because again, that's so critical to what we're trying to do, not only my team, but as a company. But we have other values like innovation. So you can innovate on kind of whatever your job is, there's still innovation opportunity. Things like teamwork and passion are really important. So I really try to think about does my team have those qualities that we really value as a company? And that helps drive a lot of of decisions. And then as a result, we have a pretty diverse and inclusive culture. I mean, that is the key for success. And I know you guys are really great in representing diversity and inclusivity, which is so key. Yes. And I could go on for another two hours about that just because there's so (laughs) much to that. But uh, we are unfortunately almost out of time. I have two quick questions for you. Yep. One is anything in the world that you would want to share for someone who is aspiring to be in a role like yours, a tip, a success factor, something they should really zero in on, anything you would share? Yeah. I mean, I would say a couple things, you know, one is ask questions along the way. I think that's been a key to to at least my success of like, don't be afraid to to ask what you might think is a dumb question, but really learn, like take the time to learn and don't pretend you have all the answers along the way. Just be open to asking the provocative question often too. And then maybe the second thing is just, you know, like I was talking about my, my career, I think taking some roles, especially earlier on where you really learn the nuts and bolts is is really important. I think it helps accelerate later but make sure you have the credibility to be successful and, and take the time to allow yourself to to learn what you need to learn. And then, you know, as I mentioned, I think it's it's the biggest, you know, thing to me is just being willing to take some risks and, and look for opportunity and create opportunities for yourself. Um, so don't just wait for things to happen. Really look around, see what's happening in the competitive landscape with consumers and your company and 
really identify where there's white space and where there's opportunity and go after it. That is very good advice for everyone in any role and aspiring to be anything. So let's talk about what you would be if you could be anything other than what you are right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez, that's a tough one. It's probably a little bit of a lot of things. I love spending time with my kids and my family. And so how can I have more experiences? I'd spend time traveling, just experiencing the world together. I think that would be something I would love to do even more. Work-wise, you know, I played a role or I did a role um, before business school after I did consulting, working for a nonprofit microenterprise organization. I absolutely loved it. This idea that you can help women start their own businesses, even at a small scale, and then seeing what they can do with their lives and the impact, the broader impact they can have. I could see myself really loving to dive back into something like that if I ever have the chance. And then probably exercising more, because I said it's like (laughs) how I keep sane. (laughs) It's my sanity. So if I could do more of it, I would love to. Um, So it's probably a lot lot of different things. Um, But, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. I feel fortunate and and feel like I have plenty on my plate to to figure out and, and get after. So... Yeah, absolutely. And and I may be calling you again here shortly because there's a whole lot in what you just said. And I know that if you're able to help coach women as leaders and develop mm-hmm. their businesses, I mean, 10 seconds of your time would be super valuable. Oh, um, sure. Just let me know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mary Beth, I am sorry. We are out of time. I would love to keep talking yep. with you, but I am so calling you again here shortly and we're going to do more <laughs> stuff. I know we will. Thank you so, so much for being part of this. Of course. No problem. And you have to come into Sephora soon for your makeover. So I'll be looking for you. Oh my gosh. Yes, I do. I'm going to take my picture <laughs> as motivation. Perfect. Okay. Next time you see me, I will look like Mila Kunis. Right? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh God, I need to okay. do more exercise like you to be able to do that. <laughs> anyway, right. thanks Nadine. Thank you, Mary Beth. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 